2: So it's part three, I think, of content for this week. We've had our transfer talk, we've had our preview show for the City Game, and we are back with the same team. I assure you, we did not record this in advance. Uh, Mike has joined us again, fresh from his um, adventure to the Etihad to watch the clouds in the pouring down rain get beat again. Um, so we're very grateful for him to come in and share that experience. Um, and, of course, we, Dave's back as well to give us the preview show for Fulham. So that's what we've got to cover this evening. Let's start. Gentlemen, welcome. Mike, especially welcome back. Yep. Twice in one week. This is lovely. I would like to get you on the show more regularly. Yeah. I think we you know need where to
3: where I ju- am. You know, give me a squat number and I'll be fine, you know?
2: Listen, <laughs> hey, listen, I, man- managerial... And coaches and CEOs discretion. I'm bringing you in. know
3: I elbow out of the way to get my position on the team?
2: Oh poor George. Like, let's not let's not hate on George. No, no, no. <laughs> we are one minute into recording. Let's not hate on poor George and his mustache. Although George has been told actually, for those of you who watch the um podcast via YouTube and prefer the visual side of it, um, will know that little has been sporting a rather fetching 1930s Spitfire Squadron moustache, uh, which he's been told he needs to get rid of if he wants to carry on filming. So I don't really know how that's <laughs> going to go down, but we'll see. Uh, not from me, I add. I do not rule none and ever with such a hard line. Um, Mike, let's let's just head straight over to you. You braved the elements, the absolute storm, um, both metaphorically and physically, at the Etihad to watch the Clarets Take another hiding from City. I'm going to just give you the floor. Um, start us off. How was it? How did you feel? Any positives to take? Set us off.
1: Um, I actually,
3: despite myself, I think because of the day I'd had a work, I actually ended up having fun <laughs> um, because and this is the weird thing. Normally I go there with a sense of dread and doom and all that kind of thing. And I got in Um, and I found myself, you know, where the barrier separates like the two sets of supporters um, I was right next to that, literally right next to that. Um, and for some reason, this little, I I go when it, I go to watch football for two things, chaos and sarcasm, and and <laughs> when that happened, this little switch went in my head. I've got I've, I've got all these city fans here and a big mouth, and this is going to be fun. I <laughs> oh, agree. It was well, you know. I'll talk it, you know. Because I think I well, I know exactly the point where they'd had enough, uh, which was the point when they were singing about being champions of Europe. And I started a chance going, Champions of the Championship, you'll never sing that.
2: <laughs> I'm pretty sure they probably have been the champions, of they the
3: have been. Uh, um, the they have been two? champions of the championship. to which one guy with a lot of effing and jeffing did point that out to me, and I said, Yeah, I'm I- the irony. You miss the irony, but also you guys used to have a dark sense of humor. You used to be like new money at City. They're
2: not. They're not the same set of fans. I miss the City fans. Yeah, the Man man
3: City. The the Man City. Yeah, the Man City that won the championship is 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 not the Man City of today. In the same way that the car that Lewis Hamilton drives is is not the car that Ronald McDonald drives. But anyway, that's you know that was the thing. But the the great thing was there was clearly a couple of Man United supporting police in the middle because one of them was just laughing his socks Excellent. off. Excellent!
2: Oh, I like... love this.
3: Anyway, so that that was that was the fun part on the pitch. It was all right. Um, okay. It it was okay. I mean, okay.
2: It didn't was, feel to uh, me like we were in the game very much. To be honest, we best.
3: weren't. We, we weren't. We weren't in the game, but we were. We were in it more than we have been several, you know, for several occasions. There was some rumblings about Vatiniol not being very good, um, which I think are completely unfair. Uh, I think because... he's better
2: than Roberts. I really do think he's
3: better than I, Oh, God, yes, I know he is, this but... splits
2: the fan base, but I'm Vettinho over Roberts, I think. I'm
3: Vettinho all the way and not Connor Roberts. Um, uh, you have to remember, Vettinho costs us a million quid for the 10th place team in Belgium, and he's up against Jeremy Doku, who, who costs 55 million, and yeah. is rapid. He is a fast, oh, fast, so fast player. <laughs> he's so fast. Um, he's a very good player. Um, as for the goals, it was so annoying at the time to see the goals, the first the first two goals be conceded. Oh,
2: the first um, one. Oh, the first
3: one, yeah, but did, did Ekdahl get a call? Because I think he ducked out of the way. The
2: cross oh, comes well, over. Actually, that over would make sense because when I watched the first three times, I watched it in real time and then the replays, I was like, what on earth is Ekdahl doing there? And we've been, bearing in mind that we've been calling for Ekdahl to be brought into the squad as our... He was great. He's he? a, yeah, he's a great defender. But that entire moment, it was just like, what on earth has just happened here? If he got a call and somebody told him to move, that would make sense.
3: Yeah, I, I sense. couldn't quite understand it. And then I saw the replay. I'm like, he ducked slightly. I'm, I think he got a call. Yeah, yeah. As for the free kick, it's yeah. the sort of thing, and they've done this to us before as well, Aguero did it, it's the sort of thing again. In the moment, you're like, "Oh, that's made us look amateur. Yeah. That's made us look bad." But again, I looked at the replay, and I'm like, so "How impressive. do you stop that?" You
2: don't. I, I completely agree. I went through the same thought process, and they will try. I mean, I listen. I think there's probably a bit of an ouch moment when you think clearly they've they've known they could execute. They, they've had yeah. the arrogance to be able to do that to us because they know full well there is nothing in our defence that's going to stop that. There'll be some teams that they don't try it against. Uh, they will try it against us. They'll try it against us against Sheffield United. They'll try it against worse teams, you know, worse teams than them in the league. That's most of them this season. Um, so there was a little bit of I want to hate you for doing that. But yeah. as a technical piece of football, there's no shame I don't think in conceding that free kick.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I, I, as I say, I saw the replays and I was like, I was fully aware to fully ready to sort of pick on somebody. <laughs> and I'm like, you're know, not doing the job. And there wasn't. Um, so it's not like you could do, but the rest of the game, okay, City never really had to hit top gear, but we created some good chances. Um, Foster had that run. Um, we were we were causing a few problems, you know, corners, all that kind of thing. I think Foster had the the uh, the beating of Lewis most of the night.
2: Yeah. The Amduni Dunie, I thought it was pretty role.
3: good. Yeah, I think
2: he's 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 under fire as well from a few Burnley fans, which I think's harsh. I I he's my favourite player. Okay, he's maybe Coley Shaw's my favourite player, but in the absence of him, I think he's he's my favourite. I think he's he's I, a luxury I, player. But he's oh great. God,
3: yeah. I, the problem is he gives the ball away and doesn't try to get it back, and that's the yeah, annoying thing. Like he tries to flick and it doesn't work. But he he was he was pretty good. The but speaking of giving the ball away, the difference between the two sides is that we made, for want of a better phrase, basic errors in giving the ball away when we didn't need to, trying a pass that wasn't need to be on, and you cannot do that against Man City. And Man City do not do that ever. Um, and they generally will punish you, but I think we were okay. O'Shea was was pretty good. Ekdal, I think, was really good. Alder Keel I was not happy about him being left back again, but I think he was very good. Vitinho did what he could against uh, Doku. Uh, midfield, yeah. Sander Berger Josh Brownhill up against what Kevin De Bruyne or Rodri, you know, De Bruyne that's Bruyne was
2: sensational last night. Oh, he's like. But- There
3: was a moment, and I haven't seen it, but there was a moment where I think he first time hit a long ball over his own shoulder that dropped in the right. And I was sat back and just went, did I just see him do what I think (laughs) he was
2: doing? Are we actually in a video game here? And that was a glitch, like, is this not real? Are we actually playing FIFA right now? Yeah,
3: exactly. Um, Then Harlan came on, uh, speaking of playing FIFA, uh, Harlan came on. Very weird atmosphere in the stadium. It was very much a case of people were there to see Haaland, not there to see a game of football. It was kind of like, um, I don't know if you watch oh, watched the yeah, uh, Messi in exactly. the MLS. It's kind yes. of like people watching Messi. It really felt like that. It was very odd. And then, um, yeah, he miskicked it like a Sunday league footballer on a hangover. Oh, which it, that was one was of my
2: favourite moments. Like It was one of the very few moments of joy that I had last night, and I did chuckle to myself. And also as well, I'd forgotten to bring him back into my FPL league, so he's on the bench. So I was be like, ha. Yeah. So there's an area of smugness from me as well as pure enjoyment. But I didn't I didn't think he was that impressive when he came on. He's clear, listen, he's been injured and he's had a few issues. Yeah. He's gonna take he's gonna take about 18 minutes to get fit and back up to full strength. But um well as start gets flashed
3: he... up in the yeah, as a start gets flashed up in the stadium. I don't know why they do that, it's very distracting. Uh what's it five goals in two appearances uh against us? So yeah, you know, it's, I'm great know he's doing. had an off night. Yeah. Uh then the VK makes the changes. Um didn't really complain about the changes, brought Roberts on, kind of sort of went to five at the back. He put Roberts on left back, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, I think I think he was kind of possibly auditioning him for that role. And if Roberts was being auditioned going for to that read. role, yeah, he failed it. Um <laughs> the, the the thing, and this is the frustrating thing. I've never never really been convinced about it, but he tries to do the uh the S. Housery thing that Ashley Barnes did. Ashley Barnes, well, was never his greatest fan. but when he did it, Ashley Barnes had a point. When Connor Roberts does that kind of thing, he just looks petulant,
2: and it's mindless aggression as well from Conor Roberts. And also as well, Ashley always had that charm about him, and that yeah. boy, that just that, um, naughtiness. It's that, yeah, it's it was naughtiness. It wasn't petulance. Rogue, yeah, is the it's word. the lovable. Yeah. And it's just like, and he does it just to wind, and it's just it's it's calculated, and it was just, and also done with. Humour and not nastiness. It like yeah, purpose, Ashley was yeah. never nasty. He was always just like it was always so boisterous. yeah. Really yeah. Conor yeah. Roberts is just he's got that streak in him, and I just and he was very lucky last night as well he, when he got into that scrap, which felt unnecessarily ugly for City Burnley. Uh, we don't tend to usually have that kind of of disciplinary problem there. Uh, there was one point when he pushed him. I was a bit like, if your hands were slightly higher, you were in dangerous territory there. Uh, I think.
3: Yeah, I think the ref looked at that because that was down the end where we were. I think the ref looked at that as four on one. Uh, because Stones, <laughs> yeah. Stones, who got pushed over in the first place, made a Lazarus like recovery to rejoin it. Um, Edison came in, I think he gave a little elbow to the back of the head.
2: Yeah, yeah,
3: <laughs> you know, it's a six of one, half a dozen of the other, and all, but ultimately, it was a bit of petulance. Um, and then we finally, finally, finally had the goal. Um, uh, the first goal. We have scored in eight Premier League games at the Etihad, yes. And I was there and I we all celebrated it like um like it was a, a last oh, so minute winner.
2: I was I so sure... happy when it went in for you. Yeah, and, David
3: and David it was though. great. We we absolutely loved it. And then as a final thing, we all sta- started chanting four three, we're gonna win four three. <laughs> and the city fans did not like that either. They and have it was no like, sense oh, of humour
2: oh, anymore. Man. They have no sense of humor. What's happened to City? What has happened to City fans? Like, come back! Yeah. Where are you all? Come back! They've all gone well. No, too, I mean
3: to be fair, football. if you ask them, if you ask any of them, that did they go to Barry in nineteen ninety seven? Uh, then they'll all say yes. And if it was true, then Giglay would have a capacity of seventy two thousand. <laughs> um, but no, it was it was all right. I was happy with the way the team played. I thought they, you know, they their heads didn't drop. Alder no. Keel, he's the guy who scored the goal from like two yards, but he was our centre-back, which is just company ball in a nutshell, and why I love it. Um, they kept going. They played some nice stuff. They had a goal threat, which we re- rarely ever saw when yeah, Deitch was true. up against them. We could have maybe have scored two rather than one. Zeki had that breakaway. Foster yeah. had a couple of chances. Yeah, City would have probably won 4-2 or 5-3 or whatever. But it was better than I've seen there for the last three or four years. And I keep thinking this about, you know, if we do go down, we're not a bad side in any way, shape or form. We're actually just not good enough in a very competitive division. So
2: we're I'm stuck in the middle. like so down. We? Sorry? We, we, we're stuck in the middle. We are no. light years ahead of the championship, light years mm-hmm. behind the Premier League. But this worries yeah. me, does this, Mike, because this is why I feel that the Premier League has a, Problem. I feel like the shift in power and money and balance from the powerful ten size and division means that it might not be as dramatic as a super league. But I think that the Premier League is heading towards a close. Shot it's a super league in all but name. Yeah. Yeah. And the rest uh... of us will have to maybe do a Premier League B team um, for the likes of us: Brentford, Brighton, West Ham, Palace those kind of teams, they want like Leeds, Southampton, all of those kind of sides that have flirted with the Premier League. But there's no way that anybody anymore can compete with the powerful side and it worries me. And I think last night just showed that. Yeah,
3: whatever. Yeah, that's absolutely right. I'm actually working on something for that, about that, about how the Premier League is... is, They keep saying, they'll tell you it's the most competitive league and blah, 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 blah. It isn't. not even close. Not even no, close.
2: Really isn't. The championship is uh, light years ahead of the Premier League in terms of being a competitive league for a start. Yeah, there, there
3: was there was again a couple. There was a chant um, that the City fans had, which was uh, about Rodri. Um, and I'll, again, cut the swearing, which was uh, the one we use for Vitinho. he's Brazilian. He only costs thirty million. And the second time they did it, I'm like, oh my god, you're serious?
2: Oh, this is not ironic. <laughs> Lord,
3: and Lord. and there is this two tier <laughs> Premier League. Now, there's the clubs that spend thirty million on a player as a minimum, and the clubs that'll spend twenty five to thirty million as a maximum.
2: As their stop. You know, and
3: that's that's the difference between the two. But you know, in terms of the game, in terms of the performance, I was happy. You know, I, yeah. I think you know, I was happy as happy as I could have been. I'd have been more depressed if they'd have played like that and we'd lost six one. Um, oh, yeah,
2: that's interesting. Well let me because, let me because
3: let me, it would have been unfair.
2: Yeah, that's that's fair enough. So let me let's close this section out then on the million dollar question, which is the one that I was most keen to ask you about. And I'm gonna let you finish on this. Did you see enough last night to give you any hope that we have any chance of clawing back some points and surviving this season?
3: Yes. But I've okay. said that for a while. I've said that for last three or four games um a I, I like i say i don't think we're a bad side um and they are improving game after game after game Hal the keel against luton did not look like it was going to work mm. uh at left back uh was it was it luton anyway i there was a it game was he was luton. pressing mm-hmm. yeah it was Luton. it did not look like it worked he actually looked pretty good yesterday. I mean, he's up against Phil Foden. He's not going to win every single time. He's not going to win a lot of them, but he looked a lot better. The central defence, I'm not a big fan of Dar O'Shea, but him and Ag- Agnell last night, I don't really have any complaints. Oh, she um, is getting
2: stronger, you know. it's It's a development that's maybe not as quick as we would like and maybe might never be strong enough for a Premier League pairing. Uh, but if we if we played Ekdal or Shane next season in the championship as centre half oh, yeah. we would we just won't concede any goals. Yeah, well.
3: Absolutely. I i said this uh, about six weeks ago. I said this I said if we could keep this team together in two years, it's awesome. Yeah. But there's there's so much potential. Uh, it's won't. just not the, enough the the experience. Problem is we won't. As a bare minimum, experience.
2: yeah. As a bare minimum, Boster, Amdune, and Sander Burge will not play in the championship next year. Those three will go. I, yeah. I, I'm uh, not even... Yeah,
3: they're, they're, yeah, they're too yeah. They're too good. But...
2: They're way
3: too good. Yeah, but, you know, I I I still have hope. I really do, because
4: good.
3: you could... Well, look at Fulham. We went to Fulham. Fulham and we're going to talk about Fulham in a bit, but we went to Fulham and, okay, held on for about 20 minutes. and then after that, it was like, after we scored that first we one, we didn't so look anything like losing. So either.
2: dominant, yeah, definitely. Palace the problem are... is, yeah, yeah it's it just been too, they've been too few and far between of those performances. There's not been any consistency this season, and every single time we've got a point or three, it's been followed by a loss. We've not had any any back to back results at all this season, and that is really difficult in terms of building momentum in this league.
3: Yeah, and I think the the I'm not a big I'm not a believer in religion or anything like that, but I do think the footballing gods are a little bit against us this year. You know, that Luton one was a kick it in the teeth.
0: Gosh.
3: Uh, yeah. The Villa, uh, Forest. I know everyone's complaining about VAR and decisions and blah, 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 blah. Uh, I don't particularly care about arguing whether they're right or wrong. It's more a case of that keeps happening over and over. Yeah, yeah. Um, and at some and um, you know, you just go, it's just not perhaps working it's not or it's either. not, it's just sometimes yeah. it's just not gonna
1: happen.
2: Uh, it's Pingbo Davin, um, who has been patiently waiting in our wings. Uh, Dave. Norwich. No, it's not Norwich. Why did I say Norwich? Why on it. earth did I say Norwich? You no, know I was thinking in my head something about I, I was thinking in my head then, as we were finishing off that section, I was going to say, um, I was gonna ask the question, aren't we just at least relieved that we're not gonna beat like Norwich's worst results of the season, whatever that point season why and it came out? We play Norwich this weekend. So that'll be a turn up for the books. It's Fulham. Yeah. Clarets, it's Fulham. Would it be the No. They Never Preview Show if I didn't get the opposition name wrong? I mean, you know what? It's just it's part of the script now. Fulham at home, Dave, Saturday, third of February. It's a three pm kickoff, not televised anywhere live in the UK. So, can you please kick us off this week's Preview Show with the first feature, match results summary?
4: And hopefully, I can be a bit more upbeat this time.
2: Yeah, oh, please do. That was that was a sad Preview Show last week. Well, I mean, we needed counselling by the end of it. <laughs>
4: It's the material. I can only work with what I've got. Um, We we hinted at it towards the end of our last preview show, but if you thought Burnley's away record at Manchester City was terrible, then just wait until you hear how Fulham's Fulham's fans dread their trips to Turf Moor. Way back in April 1951, almost 73 years ago, Fulham managed a 2-0 victory at Turf Moor. But since then, they've tried again 31 times in all three of the top tiers of the Football League, as well as in both cup competitions. And they're still to register another win. That's 25 defeats and just six draws since their last victory here. Overall, in away league games, Fulham have managed five wins against us, but two of those were before the First World War. Then there were two between the wars, leaving that single away win from 1951 as their only post-war victory and so there can't be too many of their supporters who are even alive to remember any good times at Turf Moor. There have been another eight draws in league games for them, and 31 Burnley wins. Unsurprisingly, Burnley have outscored our visitors by 94 goals to 37. Of course, past performance is not necessarily an accurate indicator of future results, but try telling that to the Fulham fans. But if there's a crumb of comfort for them then their three visits to Turf Moor in the Premier League have produced two draws for them and just one defeat.
2: Okay, so that's slightly positive. Then. I mean, all I heard throughout that entire section was is that follow were going to come away from the, the game with their first win so let's hope that that doesn't happen It's like all in my head all the way you said that i was like oh my god the duo win the duo win the duo win and this if this is a season full of fans that you think you're going to get it then this is the one uh okay moving on then please we are going to move on to our want to remember one to forget feature which is two matches one to remember one to forget very conflicting different memories now however taking into account Fulham's difficulties on their travels over an extended period there isn't really a one to forget from a Burnley perspective so I think Dave you're just going to be looking back at one to remember this time Uh, yeah
4: we're just going to do one this time because as I say there isn't really a a one to forget certainly not in our our lifetime or uh, even going a lot further back than that and there are quite a lot to choose from though in terms of one to remember uh, in fact, with 25 wins from 31 home matches in all competitions since Fulham last managed an away win at Turfmore in 1951, we really are spoiled for choice. But we're going to look back at an unlikely Burnley victory against Fulham towards the end of the 1998-99 season. It was early May 1999, towards the end of Stan Turnant's first season as Burnley manager. After a poor run of form in the early months of 1999, it looked like he might not make it to the end of the campaign, with Burnley in 21st position at one point in mid-March, after heavy back-to-back home defeats to Gillingham and Manchester City, 5-0 and 6-0. And it was looking like we were favourites for the unthinkable, relegation back to the fourth tier. But new chairman Barry Kilby kept faith with Stan and determined 11-match unbeaten run at the end of the campaign, including a memorable home win against Moneybags Fulham, who were the runaway leaders in the, in the division, with Harrods owner Mohamed Al-Fayed as their chairman and former England legend Kevin Keegan as their manager. After suffering a 4-0 away defeat at Craven Cottage earlier in the season, Burnley turned the tables at the turf thanks to a first-ever Burnley goal from super sub Ronnie Jepson. In the 82nd minute, a long throw from the left led some head tennis inside the box before the ball ricocheted around and fell to Rocket Ronnie, who turned and fired a low <laughs> shot at Mike Taylor to put the Clarets ahead. Fulham's Kit Simons was sent off just before the end for a foul on Andy Cook, and there was no way back for the visitors, who once more left turf more pointless. We can only hope for a repeat of that result this weekend.
2: That's what we need this season, Mike. We need a Rocket Ronnie, don't we? We need that kind yeah, of character.
3: We do, although when you say Rocket Ronnie Jepsen, it's also Rocket Rod to me. It's Rocket Rod. Uh, uh, futcher
2: i don't know who that is he was right
3: he, early 90s when i started watching burley in the early 90s ron futcher was up front we called him rocket ron oh. because he absolutely wasn't um, <laughs> he, was also known, he, was known, he was also known as the scud missile at the time because he was old slow and inaccurate <laughs> But anyway,
2: <laughs> do you know what i love football fan humor it's the absolute best absolute best yeah. uh right i've got derailed get me back to my script Right, hit us up with some referee details, please, young David.
4: Okay, 41-year-old Darren Bond of Ormskirt will be taking charge of a Burnley match in the Premier League for the very first time this weekend. As well as refereeing one previous cup tie, though, a 1-1 draw with Leeds United in the League Cup in 2017, which eventually saw us knocked out after penalties, he also refereed four of our matches in the Championship last season. They were a 1-1 draw at home to Luton, The 5-2 defeat at Sheffield United, plus victories at home to Preston and away to Middlesbrough. There have been no red cards in Darren Bond's previous five Burnley matches, and the yellow card count stands at 10 to Burnley players and 9 to our opponents. This will also be just his second appointment as a Premier League referee so far this season. The other time was way back in August and involved Fulham. They were comprehensively beaten 3-0 at Craven Cottage by Brentford, and had defender Tim Ream sent off on that occasion. Darren Bond will also be helped out by John Brooks, who's the video assistant referee duties, this Saturday.
2: Lovely stuff. Okay, back to you, Mike. Um, The signs, let's ignore the fact that Fulham are probably due a win, and we're not going to start jinxing this, but the signs are looking promising. And given that we've already beaten Fulham so far this season, and their abysmal record at Turf Moor, there's a lot to be positive about this weekend is this a game that we can go into and say yeah we'll win on Saturday this is great this is three points
3: I I wouldn't uh I wouldn't go yeah definitely but because of the way it's gone this year so far but I'm confident because Fulham mm-hmm. are they're a weird club they're a weird uh team it's, <laughs> it's, no they're it's weird they 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 just live in this kind of uh odd little world um they're the only London club that it's acceptable to like. In the Premier League um because they they always seem to promise but never Brentford? deliver. Oh it's Brentford as well. But the thing with Fulham is you know the other London clubs you know Chelsea, West Ham, they've got you know bad reputations, hooligan firms, etc. Fulham, their idea of hooliganism is basically sending you a strongly worded letter the day after. <laughs> but um or giving you a bankruptcy.
2: Sorry? I'm giving you a bad cup of tea. (laughs) i will give you a bad
3: cup of tea. I mean, they've got David Hamilton Hamilton on the uh, announcer's mic, you know, the old Radio 2 DJ, don't they? Despite the fact that the guy who owns them employs wrestlers, you know, so they should get one of them on the mic and then powerbomb a mascot through a table. (laughs) But anyway, um, as a team, they kind of, they always seem to either be very, very good for like two or three games. Yeah. And then just not really do much. Um, and, and Marco Silver He's the same kind of managerial career, isn't it? It was like he looked really, really good at Watford.
2: I'm and not then convinced by him, to,
3: yeah. And then he went to Everton and nothing, I think he was at Hull, nothing. And then he goes to Fulham, gets him up,
2: yeah. and then Guess where
3: it. are they now? They're a bit of a mismatch. So, it's, as it's a Silver,
2: team- that manager, sorry to cut across there, Is Silver's manager, well, I remember a start from his early days where he'd had something ridiculous like nine. Like seventeen jobs in nineteen years, or so. that is clearly. I think dramatic.
3: you're right. Yeah, There's he's like some really
2: weird. It's very well traveled. you kind of when I'm looking at it, as a, as a fan. I'm going, hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there yeah, are some red flags here.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's it's just not. But you know, occasionally, like I say, at Fulham, he's done a good job most of the time. And yeah, when yeah. we went down there, actually, it was kind of like they were on one of those highs. They were on one of those good runs, and then we just kind of handled them. Um,
2: very
3: well as well yeah so i'm kind of i i know it sounds daft I, if i if it's me i go going i think we're slight favorites we I should like, say that much yeah, you know yeah. i think we're favorites you know based and that's that's kind of like uh we're not gonna have that too often this season so i think i think it's gonna work a little bit like the away game i think if we handle them for 20 minutes They'll just go, eh, it's not our day. We'll get on the coach, go back up. Yeah. Um
2: what do you, you know, do about um... the lineup, Mike? I mean, we've got a couple of new faces in. We've signed uh Steve. <laughs> not Steve. Alan, Alan, Steve. Uh, Steve. Alan. We, um, st- we
3: signed Alan, basically. Signed He's gonna be called Alan, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. He's definitely
2: um, gonna be called Alan. And we've signed him. There is rumors that there is a left back coming in, or that's yet to be confirmed. fafana's obviously um in here as well. He made um an appearance. And um, I can't pronounce his name. The young lad who came at the end is it, Messenger? M- 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 oh, Messenger! Oh, yeah, Messenger. He looked he looked good when he came on. I like he looked impressive. So, do you make any changes given the fact that this is a crucial home game that we should be winning?
3: Um, for, do I make changes from Wednesday's team? Uh, no, okay, I can't start think. With of, I can't think of anyone who played themselves out of a, a start on Wednesday. Excellent um you start with good as
2: well because that surprised me
3: yeah i i yeah i think he just put a shift in um if you swap good brunson for brun larson um uh, you know it's, it's like for like if you swap that around um older bear didn't do much but it's not a game where he's going to do much i think it's where fulham is he's where he's going to do well as always i worry about the back of the midfield the back four yeah i think we're fine absolutely fine um more than happy to see them start Berger and Brownell in midfield. I'm not the biggest fan of Josh Brownell but he'll do the job against a Fulham.
2: He's another one uh, that just is is very out of place in there. He's an absolute boss in the championship, but very out of place in the Premier League.
3: Yeah, absolutely. He's he's one of those middle players. Um yeah, he just but I think he can do a job against Fulham. Good. i I go with the same starting eleven. uh and then we see who else is on the bench. Um, you know, I've I've no problem with that.
2: Good. You score prediction then, please, Mike, to
4: finish us off. Two-ob, of Burnley.
2: Dave?
4: I'm going to go for a Burnley win as well. Not because of the past history, but um, Fulham's away record this season has been very poor as well. Um, I think that our performances are improving. The results need to come. It's pretty much a must-win game for us. Uh, this stage, and I think Burnley are going to come o- away with three points. I'm going to go for a 2 0 Burnley win.
2: I am also going to go for a Burnley win, and I'm going to say 3 0. I think it's going to be. Um, haven't, one Fulham,
3: of those... haven't Fulham got like the second lowest scoring in the division?
2: I don't care. We're going to, we're going to, it's going to be one of those guys. It's going to be another repeat of Sheffield United. We're going to yes, absolutely that'd be great. boss it, and it's going to be a very, Very good afternoon. So, listeners, you know the drill by now. Do send us your score predictions. You know how to get in touch with us. We would love to hear whether or not you are feeling nice and positive. Dave, back to you, please, for one final um, feature. The return of Fulham's famous fans, please. Who's on the shortlist? And, uh, Mike, it's down to you again to rate them.
4: Okay. Well, here are the famous Fulham fans we've shortlisted in no particular order. Uh, First up, it's two for the price of one. We've got Keith Allen, comedian and actor, who's now, surprisingly, aged 70. I didn't realise he was that old. Um, And his daughter... Lily Allen's dad.
2: Lily Allen's dad, dad.
4: Alfie Allen's dad. Yes, Uh, she's obviously a singer and actress and aged 38. Uh, Next up is Hugh Grant, uh, actor, famous for playing roles as a bumbling Englishman, so basically just playing himself, really. Um, He's aged 63... Um, he even helped That's out, it. apparently. <laughs> he even helped out, apparently, with half of the sixty thousand transfer fee for Robbie Herrera in nineteen ninety three, when Fulham was struggling financially. That was before uh, Al Fayed and his uh, his millions. Um, Margot Robbie, next up, she's an actress and producer, but her first major role. Hang on a minute.
2: A... Hang oh, on, I'm not having this. Whoa, let, whoa, let me whoa.
4: continue. Let me continue. Okay. Her first major role was Donna Friedman in Neighbours when she was a teenager. She's now aged 33. Why would an Australian-born actress support a team from West London? Exactly Apparently, question. that's because her film producer husband, Tom Ackerley, as well as one of her best friends, are both fans of the club. And? Been... Is, is
2: that t- is that a close enough link for you to put her as a celebrity fan, Dave? Sure. That is tenuous.
4: Oh, it definitely isn't it. It went down well in the uh, in the WhatsApp group. Yeah, but well, well, we're think. not gonna
2: um, we're not gonna share the screenshots of our silly boys in the group. And Margot Robbie's name came up. Uh, carry on, please. I'm not having that one, by the way. Can can the jury please strike out Margot Robbie's name for purposes of this uh,
4: next up? Next up is Richard Osman, quiz show host and best-selling yes. author. He's regularly That's seen cool. at Craven Cottage. Age fifty-three. Uh, Emily Maitlis is a Canadian born journalist as well as being a former BBC News presenter. She now works for LBC and often tweets her support for her club. She's aged 53. Uh, and finally, Ma- Mike's mentioned it already uh, David Hamilton, veteran disc jockey, and also is a former Fulham FC match day announcer. He doesn't do any more. He's aged 85. He does still broadcast on the radio, uh, but he doesn't do the, uh, the match day duties at uh, Craven Cottage anymore.
2: Excellent, Mike. Hit us with it. We know what. Well, listen, we don't need to tell you what Team Non and Evers things were. Just the inclusion of Margot Robbie. Give them all ten. They all went So let's ignore that one. What? Give us the prediction. prediction score. Um, yes. I
3: think. Um, I think
2: it's a good list, right?
3: It's a good list. I think actually it's a. Ooh, I'll go with a six. I because Keith Allen drags it down. <laughs> I'm sorry, you I'm doing the some... personal you thing. I've a...
2: your... You are very
3: I've, harsh. I've ne- I am a harsh guy. I have harsh opinions about famous people. Keith Allen is one of those people that used to do comedy and all that kind of thing. And I've I've seen Keith Allen and I'm like, what did you ever do to get famous? Um is <laughs> is basically yeah, he wrote
2: it. and sang an absolutely banging football anthem, by the way. Vindaloo was sublime. I love it. Why is it buzzing? Can you hear a buzzing noise?
3: Uh, I don't know, but um, it'll sound better than Vindaloo did. Um, no,
2: nope, not having uh, it.
3: You set me off on Oasis, and I'm thinking da to myself, yeah, exactly. Da I'd da. Actually, I think I'd actually prefer listening to Wonderwall than, than Vindaloo. That's how bad Vindaloo is. I'm um, I'm I'm actually, no, I'm going to revise it. I'm going to say a seven because I like Hugh Grant. Uh, Margot Robbie I appreciate for more mature reasons than the lads in the WhatsApp group. She's a very fine actress as well. She um, is. Uh, Emily Maitlis yeah she's she's alright David Hamilton yeah I remember um, I can't remember who the other one was but anyway Richard Osmond Richard Osmond, so he Richard Osmond.
2: yeah he's I think he's an 8 yeah he's not eight. wrong
3: with Richard Osmond yeah. very very smart funny guy I'm so going so gonna moderate to
2: moderate this score we're going to go down from the 10 that the silly boys did and we're going to go up from Mike's slightly biased one so I'm going to moderate it to an 8 so there you go Dave our Fulham fans get 8 out of 10 for their celebrity fans. Let's round up this episode, please, uh, with our uh, community news. Uh, finish us off, please, Dave.
4: Uh, well, yeah, we've got uh, an FPL reminder, first of all, for this uh, weekend. It's game week 23, and the FPL kicks off with a Saturday lunchtime match between Everton and Spurs at Goodison Park. That's a 12.30 kick-off, so you have until 11am on Saturday morning to tinker with your team. And as always, we say green arrows to you all. Now, for anyone watching on YouTube, I've got some green <laughs> oh. arrows. Unfortunately, <laughs> this is so I've good. also got green screen, so this is not going to work at all. I am waving green arrows and nobody can see them. And what's worse, what is worse than that is anyone listening to the podcast, not watching it, has got no idea what's going on.
2: Yes, yeah, this is this is where the there we, there
4: we are. Green, green arrows, green, green arrows, arrows to, you, to all. you
2: all. Lovely. Shake him about a bit, Dave. In front of your face, so we can see him. There we go. Green arrows to you all. Well, listeners, that is all we've got time for, so let's wrap up this episode. My thanks as ever go to everybody who has contributed to this podcast episode. First and foremost, to my guests in the studio, uh, special guest Mike Landers, who we hope we're going to see a lot more of coming. Um, We're bringing him in. We're bringing him off the bench into the the podcast team. Um, And, of course, the main man himself, the uh, creator and Host of our previous show, Dave Statman Roberts, uh, to produce a match to the rest of the team, uh, to Adam Dennett, our FPL expert, for producing their content. Thanks again to you for the listeners for tuning in. Uh, do hit that subscribe button, whether you're watching on YouTube, comment below and turn on your notifications and subscribe. By your usual podcast. Uh, Godspeed to everybody heading to Turf more at the weekend. We are going to win. We're going to win comfortably. It's going to be another Chef United. And we will be back next Tuesday with the Analysis Show, celebrating three points and a fantastic win for the mighty Clarets. Um, if you've got any comments or suggestions, you know how to get in touch with us. But in the meantime, we will see you next week. I've been Natalie Bromley. This has been the preview show brought to you by the None and Ever podcast. Until next time. The Known and Ever podcast is brought to you in association with the TalkSport Fan Network. Our host and editor is Natalie Bromley and the show is produced by Matt Moss. Our resident statistician is Dave Roberts and our FPL expert is Adam Dennett. The analysis show team is collectively Tom Whittaker, Rich Steele, George Poole, Charlotte Rigby and Adam Dennett. Our music is provided by George Gaskell and our newsletter team is headed up by Jamie Smith. If you don't already, you can subscribe to our newsletter by visiting nonanever.substack.com. Thanks as ever go to our partners, Talk Sport. We are proud to be associated with the Talk Sport Fan Network.
0: Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's.